my title tonight is How, When, and What Do We Pray? Because those were some of the questions asked. How do we pray? What do we pray? And when do we pray? And my first answer is right now. Let's pray. Our Father, be with us. Thank you that you are with us. I know it says that you will never leave us or forsake us. But we, we want to feel you. We want to know you are here. Pour out your spirit, your glory, your power. May in this room tonight, you just walk around Jesus and touch people and heal and forgive and renew and restore and change. Because that's what you do, Jesus. You change people. So we pray these things for your kingdom and your glory in your name. Amen. Well, the first passage I want to look at, uh, can you read that? Because Tracy was curious if that was a readable font or not. Okay. Then uh, if I can't, you guys just read for me. No, I'm just kidding. So we're in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and the first thing he says is, first of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings, and there are subtle differences between supplication, prayers, intercessions. I'm not entirely even sure what they are. Some people say, you know, now Paul gives us four categories of prayer. I don't really think, I think he's just, he's saying what he's saying, and there's subtle differences, but it's really just prayer. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. So we should pray for all people. All people. For kings and all who are in high positions. So we should pray for political leaders. World political leaders. And then he tells us why. And I think we should pray for this too that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. So Martin Luther, when he would pray, he said that when he didn't know what to pray, he would pray scripture. So if he was praying this passage, my guess is he would say something like this. God, help me to live a peaceful, quiet life. And that doesn't mean not talking. That, but have you ever known people that they're always in some conflict somewhere? And it doesn't, some guy wrote a book and he called it, the, you know, it's the Bob principle. If Bob's fighting with this guy and Bob's fighting with that guy and Bob's fighting with her and Bob's fighting with you, it may be Bob. <laughs> Don't be Bob. Quiet and peaceful lives. And that's easier for some people than for others. Because some people can't let things go. They can't. Well, they need to. So Martin Luther, if he was praying this, he would say, and for Bob, God, I pray that you help Bob to live a quiet and peaceful life. But now he tells us why. A quiet and peaceful life, godly and dignified in every way. That's what we are to be praying. That, that, and we can pray this for all people. We can pray this for the kings. We can pray this for the rulers. We can pray this for the, the presidents and the governors and the mayors. That they are people who live peaceful and quiet. They are godly people. They live a dignified life in every way. This is good. And it, please, and it is pleasing 
in the sight of God our Savior. So what we should really be praying are things that are pleasing to God. We should not please, we should not please, we should not pray, I wouldn't recommend anyway, praying things that are displeasing to God. If this makes much sense. We want to pray that his will is done. We're going to read that passage in a little bit. That his will, well, here's his will. That we live quiet. That we live dignified. That we live godly lives. And then he tells us why. Because he desires all people to be saved. And to come to a knowledge of the truth. And if all the people that name the name of Jesus, if they would stop fighting and i'm i mean with each other oh just stop it i mean i'm not saying well i am telling you to stop it but but no i mean in in the christian church people are like oh this guy he's a heretic and this guy's a false teacher and this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and it's like just be quiet pray for them love them help them Jesus said in Matthew 18, if your brother sins against you, make a video and put it on YouTube. (laughs) That was false witness. But that's what the church does. They are, I mean, you can, someone sent me a video, irrefutable proof that Billy Graham is a heretic. Like, okay, well fine i i didn't watch it i'm just gonna tell you because like well that heretic he sure led a lot of people to jesus so he desires all people to be saved how attractive do you think the church is to a lost world when all they see is bickering and fighting and disputing that's I mean, how many of you don't raise your hand? How many of you have families where Thanksgiving is sometimes tense because you know a couple of people are going to get into it and your feeling is every year, I just can't wait to go home. I love it. I lo-. No, we want, it. we want to have peace. Peace, quiet. So we are to pray for all people, for the kings, For the leaders, we're to pray that we all live peaceful and quiet lives, that we are dignified, that we are godly. And speaking of godly, that means, I mean, obviously this goes without saying, it means that you are like God. And what did Jesus do when he was attacked? He didn't fight back. Now, sometimes he did answer. In fact, usually when he would answer, he would say something like this. Okay, you don't want me to heal a guy on the Sabbath? Well, which of you, if your ox falls in the ditch on the Sabbath, aren't going to help him? Isn't this man more valuable than that? So there's a time to say, but there's a time to stop saying. Because one thing you don't find Jesus doing is chasing people down and saying, and one more thing, and one more thing, and... And I'm sure you've been in conversations. It's like, I know what you're going to say. I've heard it a thousand times, but I'm just going to... 
We should pray that we aren't those people, that we don't live those types of lives because God wants all people, all people to be saved. And there's an interesting thing we should pray for, that all people are saved. Because I think very often people that we disagree with or we don't necessarily like, if we do pray, we pray maybe some negative things towards them. Like, and God, may someone take him out. No, I know. But people pray those types of things. I don't think that's God's will. His will is that all people be saved. That's why... That's why the world is going the way it is. Because God is patient. That's what Peter tells us. He said, For don't think that God is slow as men count slowness. He's not slow. He's patient. And he is not willing that any should perish, but that all reach repentance. All reach repentance all and it says in ezekiel that god does takes no delight in the death of the wicked we sometimes rejoice in the death of the wicked i remember when saddam hussein or one of those men were killed and they're like yay people celebrating well god wasn't celebrating because he loved him And he had pushed him away and pushed him away and pushed him away and pushed him away. And there were no more opportunities. He desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Now, what does he mean? It's the testimony. Well, just a few minutes ago, I read this. He desires that all people are saved. And you say, do you have a witness to that? Yes, I do have a witness. May I hear your testimony? Yes, you may hear my testimony. He gave himself as a ransom for all. That is the testimony. That is the proof that he wants all to be saved. It was testimony given at the proper time. For this, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying, because I'm sure a lot of people are like, Paul, you're lying to us about this, aren't you? He was so emphatic. He's just, I've, I mean, have you ever had a conversation with a person and you, you don't think they're lying for a second? But they're like, I'm telling the truth. It's like, that's where Paul was. I'm telling the truth. I am a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. And I desire that in every place, where? Every place, men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. He brings up this fighting thing again. That's two times in eight verses. To live quiet and peaceful, not to argue, not to quarrel. Two times in eight verses that must tell you this is something that isn't new with the contemporary church now these of course this is not exhaustive what i'm you know how when what but i just want to give you some ideas about all of these things and 
This seems to be a corporate. Now, it, I mean, it doesn't say, I desire that all the men, but it seems he's talking, you know, he's writing a letter to the church. He wants people to pray. Why would he say, first, going back to verse one, first of all, first of all, first of all. And it must be because he values it more than anything else that we could do. First of all. So I, I do, I encourage you to pray. I know I shared a few weeks back that I've told you hundreds of times to get God's word in you. I've not told you very often to pray. Well, pray and pray more and pray. And I know that sometimes people are like, they don't like praying. They don't feel comfortable praying. Well, that's why we're going to go to Matthew chapter six. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus is speaking and he says, and when you pray, he's going to tell us two things not to do when we pray. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Why? For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. So some have used this verse to say, you know, we really shouldn't pray in public. We, he, he says to, you know, go to your closet and pray. The verse isn't saying not to pray in public. In fact, I, I've told you this many times, but when you're reading the Bible, don't make the Bible answer a question the Bible is not asking. And so you have to follow why Jesus doesn't want us to pray like hypocrites. And his answer is, they're doing it that they may be seen by others. So if your motivation for praying is because you want other people to see you pray, then don't do it. But if your motivation is genuine and sincere, it doesn't matter who's watching. Pray. You want to pray in the middle of the grocery store? Pray. You want to pray at, at Big V's over some fried chicken? Big V's? Whatever the name of that. It's V's. See, Big V was my uncle. He did not have a chicken place. If you want to... But you see what I'm saying? It... It's okay to pray and don't worry about what you're going to say. And well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. So he says, here's why I don't want you to be like hypocrites. Because their motivation for praying is to be seen by men. And he said, I say to you, they have received their reward. Their reward was people say, oh, isn't he a, such a holy man? praying on the street corner like that but when you pray go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you now again this doesn't mean the only time you're supposed to pray is when you go when you're in your own in a closet um i uh it's just left me that was weird think i'm getting old yeah but like in the mid-sentence that's that's real strange that's real strange well i'm just gonna go on then so i i would say this sometimes people i have told you this that i am i don't feel that i'm a disciplined prayer 
And I've shared that with one of my mentors, Rick Porter. You've heard me talk about him. And he said, I didn't feel that I was a disciplined prayer. So I would schedule times of prayer in my life that I had to be at. I would schedule prayer with the church leaders. I would schedule prayer with this group, prayer with that group. If that helps you to pray, do it. Like uh, the goal is, first of all, then I urge. Now, when Jesus is saying, go to your closet, he's not saying don't pray with other people. We know that because the church would pray with other people. The book of Acts has stories of the church getting together and praying. When the Holy Spirit fell, what were the believers doing in the upper room? They were praying. And I don't think they each had a little closet in the upper room that they were going to. His idea here, the the big idea Jesus has, is prayer isn't a show. It's not a show. So don't use prayer as a show. Go to the closet. And then you, I love this part because it's so strange. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you? Why do we get rewarded for praying? But we do. Because it's not just Paul who wants us to pray. It's our Father who wants us to pray. He wants us to pray. Then Jesus said, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. And some people have used this to say, your prayer shouldn't be long. It's just short. Jesus said, Don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So some people said, well, then we should even pray. No, Jesus didn't say your father already knows what you need. Don't pray. He said, do pray. He said, don't heap up empty phrases. But he didn't say this because God is tired of listening to you. You talk too much. He didn't say that. Why did he say, because the Gentiles do this, because they think that's how they're going to be heard. So he's not saying don't pray long prayers. Really, he wants you to pray. I mean, it says pour out your heart, Psalm 62. Pour your heart out. Pour it out. Sometimes that takes a long time. And if you pray for all people, you can't do that very fast unless you just say, God, I just ask that the whole world loves you. Amen. Okay, well, it's pretty fast. But so now I'm giving you, this necessarily isn't biblical, but these are just my thoughts based on, you know, reading and praying and the Bible. Um, Try to include the Bible in my thoughts. It's okay to pray. For, like, if you have a list of people, it's okay to pray for every single one of them, and it's okay to pray the same thing for every one of them. Let's say Monday's your day, and you say, and God, I'm, I'm going to pray for Colleen now, and God, I pray for Colleen that she lives a quiet and gentle life, dignified in every way. And I pray for Stephanie that she lives a quiet and gentle life, dignified in every way. And I pray for Daryl and By the way, I was going to make this announcement and I forgot and then I just said, Daryl, for those of you who don't know, sweet Deb, Daryl's beloved wife, passed away on Monday. So do pray for Daryl. Remember him. Pray that his... just, Just pray. But when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases. So if you think I pray too long, 
ask yourself, am I having empty phrases in there? Because if it's, if it's genuinely you, that's not an empty phrase. And it's okay if you, if you pray long. You're not babbling like the Gentiles do. You're not going to be heard because of your many words, but he likes to listen. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And this is the Lord's prayer, obviously. But think about what he is saying. Pray the things, I mean, you can pray the exact words, that's great. But, but he's, he's giving us a model of what we pray. First, we address our Father. And I said last week, he wants intimacy with us. He's the one who decided what we call him. He's the one who defined our relationship. Jesus could have said, when you pray, pray like this. Oh, my great master in heaven who demands unwavering obedience. That's not what Jesus taught us. Because God loves. He loves. He loves. He loves you. Here is the testimony. Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all men. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And because of what that mediator did, we can now call God our Father. Our Father, who are in heaven. Think about the difference between he and us. Now, I know he's here because he's everywhere, but he's in heaven. You're not. Okay, I know Paul says you are seated with Christ in the heaven, but but I'm saying there's a difference. There's intimacy, Father. There's difference. He's in heaven. Habakkuk said, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. This is who you are addressing, your father who is in his holy temple, who's seated on the throne. That is, that is something. I, I heard a man say one time he was, I don't know, he was like a chaplain for the United States Senate or something like that. And they asked him, is it intimidating to talk with presidents and senators and congressmen and judges? And he said, when you pray, when you, when you talk with the God of creation in the morning, talking to a president in the afternoon isn't a big deal. <laughs> like, he, is, he is our Father in heaven. And then this line, hallowed be your name. Now, we don't use the word hallowed, but it's, it's basically holy, set apart, different. And, and when you pray this, one of the things I pray is God, help me to set your name apart as different. Help me to understand that you are, you are not like everything else. You are holy. And that's why we are to be holy. That's what scripture tells us. Be holy as God is holy. His holiness is what prompts our holiness. Hallowed be your name. And and I, I pray that people stop using because it, it, I hate it. Like, I, I don't mind cursing. I mean, I personally am not a big curser. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I don't say it when I hit my hammer, a thumb with a hammer or something. 
Well, I'd be lying if I did. Can't lie twice in one night. I mean, you shouldn't lie at all, Staz. (laughs) But there's something that really bothers me. And it's because his name is holy. It's holy. And I'm not just bothered by the, you know, when people just use it as a flat out curse. I don't even like it when people use it. Like when people say, I don't like OMG. It's like, no, no. And, and people will say, good Lord. Or, and I don't think, I, now I don't attack them because I don't think they're actually thinking. But if you thought when you prayed this, and if you said, God, help me to honor your name as holy, hallowed be thy name. May I, we live in his name. We are the, his church. When we fight and bicker, that, that represents on him. May your name be holy. May my life live out the holiness of your name. And your kingdom come and your will be done. And I've said this so many times, but I'll say it again. The problem on earth is our will. It's our will. That's why heaven is so good. That's why we want to go there. Because the only will that's ever done in heaven is God's will. And if someone is sick, I think it's fine to pray that they're healed. You know why? Because no one is sick in heaven. And no one has cancer in heaven. And no one has broken homes in heaven. And no one has, and no one has, and no one has, and no one has. And if it's something that no one has in heaven, I think you can pray that it is done here on earth because we are praying that his will is done and his kingdom comes. And give us this day our daily bread. And I struggle with this because I don't want my daily bread. I want the next 85 years of bread. No, I do. I like... I mean, what is retirement planning other than worried about tomorrow's bread? Now, to balance this, the scripture tells us to work and to save and to be wise. So if you guys just say, I'm quitting my job because I'm just going to rely on Jesus for my daily bread, then I'll say, good idea. Why don't you go read 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 first. You know, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. But it's daily bread daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and when you pray that that reminds me to forgive i'm i've told you before sometimes when my wife does things that i think are not quite fair and i'm like and then i'll say god help her to do more things so i have more things to forgive for because I want you to forgive me a lot. So if you have been wronged, as much as it is painful, I say thank God that you have the chance to forgive because the forgiveness that you use is what will be used on you. You get to create your own standard of forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And then some of you, and lead us not into temptation. He does say lead us, but not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then most of you are like, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Yes, 
but no. Um, that's in the King James Version, and it's, it's not really in any of the originals. When I pray the Lord's Prayer, I say it because it's biblical. It's actually most likely taken from a couple of, of doxologies in the Old Testament, one by Solomon and one by David. There's nothing unbiblical about, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, because it is. In Revelation, it says he's worthy of all the glory, of all the wisdom, of all. But it's not actually in what Jesus taught us. He gets right to the lesson. He says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. And I have heard preachers say, well, this isn't about salvation forgiveness. This is about just like life forgiveness. I'm like, where'd you get that? You know, because that, I mean, it seems, in fact, the, the corresponding parable to this in Matthew chapter 18, the king forgives a man a great debt, and then that man goes out and shakes down his friend, and he throws him in prison for a little debt, and the other man's servant, the king's servants hear about this, and they go tell the king, and the king brings in the man, and he rescinds the forgiveness. And he says, now you're going to be thrown into prison and tortured until you pay back every penny. And I don't think being tortured pays very well. So you're going to have to be tortured a long time to have enough to pay back every penny. I, this, is, this is real. And you say, well, what does this really have to do with prayer? I think it has a lot to do with it. Because we, we have to be the kind of people that God can answer prayers for. We'll talk about this passage another night, but in the book of James, James says, Elijah was a man like you. And yes, he was a man like us, but he's also not quite like us. He was fully devoted to God. Now we also can be, and it's a choice we have to make. And, and we have to decide, am I going to live a godly and quiet life? Am I going to be dignified and godly? in every way? Am I going to live that his name is holy? Am I going to live that his will is done? Because you can't control whether his will is done everywhere. You can control if it is done in your life. You can't control if his kingdom comes everywhere. You can control if his kingdom reigns in your life. And part of, part of his kingdom coming and his will being done is that everyone is forgiven. The testimony is that God gave his son as a ransom for all. That is his will. His will is not that you hold grudges. His will is not that you take people to the court of public opinion and you say, did you hear what she said about me? Or did you see what he did? Or did you, or did you, or did you, or did you? His will is that you go to the closet and you close the door and you pray to your father in heaven and you pour your heart out and you ask for help and you ask for forgiveness and you, and you pray for those around you. You make intercessions and requests and petitions for the kings and for the leaders and for your neighbors and for your enemies that you bless those who curse you. So my last passage, because I've answered some of how and what, but I did not answer when. 
Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5. Pray without ceasing. <laughs> and I know we can't really pray, and, but just turn to it. Just, and, that's, and that's why I encourage you to find people that will help you pray. Maybe call someone up and say, hey, can we just, can I call you every day at 8 o'clock and we'll just pray? Even if it's just a couple minutes, because I just need to pray more. I want to, I want to pray more. So that is some of the biblical answers for how and what and when to pray. And I'm going to ask, because for my closing prayer, I just want to pray the Lord's Prayer. Would you pray it with me? And I will be praying uh, trespasses, and I will be kingdoming and powering and glory. <laughs> so let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.